Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is an award-winning performer, the first French female magician to fool Penn and Teller, one of the owners and performers at the Dume Le Fond Magic Theater in Paris, and so much more. Alexandra de Vivier is my guest. We talk about her career, being a legacy in magic, and her theater where you can earn an actual degree in magic. Nick Lacapo stops by the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Roddy McGee. Before all of that, we start things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians tell me their top five tricks, but they have to be timer set to just five minutes. This week, the mentalist from Montreal, Spidey, joins me for the top five under five. Spidey, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the top five under five. Give me your top five tricks in under five minutes, and these can be in no particular order, but just for the sake of order, let's start with number five. Oof. This is this is politically loaded. I'm going to ignore the stage because if I had to do stage and close-up, I'd get very confused. So I'm going to just do close Is that okay if I just do close-up stuff? It's okay if you just do close-up, but okay. you've already burned 20 seconds. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, little door, Roddy McGee. Amazing trick. Uh, you have a deck of cards. You draw a small door on the back. You slide the little door open, and you can see inside. Then you close it up, and then the door wipes off. It's amazing. And with the popularity of the multiverse now, like there's so many presentations that come to mind. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You know That's what I so mean? good. So super visual, super current, super topical. Okay, little door. Second, uh, this isn't a trick. It's just Reinflesh. Just that's it. Number four is Reinflesh. <laughs> just <laughs> carry Joe Reinflesh in your pocket. <laughs> just have him get his number, FaceTime him. That's it. Like it's just. Everything he puts out with rubber bands is the, the best visual stuff. So, Reinflesh, that's my answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Reinflesh really does do some incredible rubber band magic. And it's it's uh, every time he comes in here, it's like, hey, we're going to film a project with him. But then it's like there's 19 tricks inside yeah. each project. And they're it's all crazy. amazing. They're all so good. Yeah. Yeah. And just when you think he's done, he's just getting started. Yeah. Uh, so, that's two, that's four, I guess. Five, yeah. four. But in no particular order. Hit me with number three. Three. Uh, I don't know if you heard of this uh, the Penguins 2021 best-selling uh, trick or, or the, the the best trick of the year. Uh, this got ABC Spider by Spider oh, or something like that. Some nerd puts some, that some out. Some guy, like a bunch of flash Canadian. Tell everybody what what uh, what ABC is because it really is a, a very clever. You shared it with me. When we were hanging out at FISM North America, yeah. and it's really clever. It's uh, how would you describe it to someone? I would just say it's a, it's a great tool for mentalists. It's under the radar. It's just, it looks like this innocent deck of children's flashcards, but there's a secret hidden in plain sight that mm-hmm. I promise you, and I, I'm sure you can corroborate. Yeah. Nobody will ever see it. It allows to do some pretty direct mind reading immediately. Yeah. You know, like no markings. You don't have to see the back of the card. You go through them. Your head is turned. They look at one. They connect with an image, and not only do you instantly know what it is, but the images are very emotion-provoking things on purpose, so that you could do a nice cold read and connect with the emotion, not just the image. A, I totally understand. I know it's your own product, but it's. Yeah. I totally understand why. I mean, like you put it out, you clearly you do it. Let's move on to number two. Number two, Oracle System by Ben Seidman. Ben's, oh, so first of all, I love Ben Seidman. Yeah. And second of all, I love what he's done with the Oracle system. Incredible. It's, if you've never seen it, it's uh, it's sort of an, I guess the best way to describe it is like the ESP matching trick. It's exactly what it is, but yeah. with tarot cards to where they assign more meaning to each decision. Yeah. So instead of it being a circle or a plus, yeah. it's like, you know, love or, or, or the devil. So like you're connecting with the thought again, very much yeah. like ABC, it's giving more meaning to the selection that allows you to connect with the thought. It's a beautiful routine. If you've never seen it, you, uh, 
you each have matching sets of tarot cards and then they put one down and then you put one down and then they and the key is they always put their card down first and well they, you know you put yours right I'm sorry first. you put yeah, yours the performer yeah the performer always puts their card down first and then the the spectator puts theirs down and then when the cards are turned over they match yeah the the pattern is perfect and yeah. th- thanks for correcting me because that is that's what makes it so incredible is that you always go first Ben has done amazing stuff incredible yeah incredible and uh uh, you know, even to magicians, I've done this, and when you connect with those reads, like you yeah. get em- you get emotions out yeah. of people. Uh, and then, and then the last one I'm going to mention is my uh, sneak peek, which is my peek with with billets. Um, it's um, you can instantly have access to information on a billet that they wrote on, or on a business card, a borrowed business card that they wrote on, that you never it's it's never in your line of sight. That's incredible. You take it from them; it's in your closed hand. Mm-hmm. You hand it immediately to someone else perceivably to them it's never in your line of sight the piece of paper it goes from one person to the other and the only time you touch it's in your closed hand so the impossibility on that and it's totally impromptu you could borrow a business card um i love it i use it all the time you're teaching it in your lecture right i am teaching it in my lecture that's so exciting well those are five amazing tricks spidey thanks so much for joining us here on the top five under five thanks to spidey for joining me on the show be sure to go check out his episode where we discuss youtube and the ethics of teaching magic in such a public format it's a fascinating conversation now on to the main event alexander de vivier is a legacy in magic she along with her father the legendary dominique de vivier owned the double Fond, an incredible magic theater in paris just blocks away from the louvre art museum she's established herself as one of the most in-demand performers in europe and her theater offers an actual degree in magic we sat down after her whirlwind lecture to discuss all of that and more and now you get to join our conversation. Alexander DeVivier, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. We've just finished a weekend of shows and a lecture, yeah. and you and I were at FISM together where you performed and lectured, and it is so good to finally sit down with you. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us. You know what? I'm very, very happy and uh, honored, mm. feel privileged to yeah. be here. Like at FISM, you know, for me, it's yeah. wow. It was, it was really fun. Now, I have a number of questions for you, mm-hmm. and the first is... Tell me about your theater, the Double Fond in mm. Paris, because it's one of the oldest magic theaters in Europe, isn't it? I don't know for that, but it's now been a while here because, you know, my dad has created that place mm-hmm. in 1988, mm-hmm. 35 years ago. And it's a place my dad, you know, always thought that magic is an art mm-hmm. and has to have its own place in Paris. You know, Paris is one of the most visited cities in the world. You know, in Los Angeles, you have the Magic Castle dedicated to magic mm-hmm. and to every kind of magic. But the Double Fond is dedicated only to close-up magic and parlor magic wow. because it fits uh, 50 seats mm-hmm. only. So it's uh, it packs malls and uh, it's mm-hmm. f- f- full most of the time because it's sm- small. And my dad, you know, wanted to... S- you know, we can see an actor doing a play in theater. You can see a, a singer. But we can't see a magician doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that in 1988, it was not fashion. Mm-hmm. There were not so many magicians out there doing shows. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty tough because it took uh, him took 10 years mm-hmm. to just settle down and earn a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. But he's dedicated to the art and he has a team surrounding him me including, mm-hmm. but not only. Philippe de Pertuis is a, a very close friend, and you know, I grew up with him, kind of, because Philippe de Pertuis took a lesson with my dad when he was 14 years old, wow. and we're still working together this day. Yeah. Like Jean-Pierre, like uh, Sophie, Sophie and Guyane is still part of the team, Adeline Galland. My mother, of course, is mm-hmm. here from the first day, because they have, they have celebrated their f- 
50th anniversary of wedding. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Nowadays, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, and, and you also, this is what I was thinking of, the magic shop is the oldest continuously exactly. running magic shop. This voilà. is what it is. It is the oldest yeah. continuously running magic shop in Europe. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your magic oh, shop? Oh, yes, please. I would be happy to. Mayette Magie is the oldest. Of, I, we didn't make the research. Historians has made some research about mm-hmm. it, and it's happened to be the oldest shop in the world, mm-hmm. 1808. Wow. So my dad bought it in 1991. Mm-hmm. Since then, we, uh, we my my friend Coquetien Tran just runs the, the shop with my husband, Frédéric Raymond too. Mm-hmm. So it's a family business. We mm-hmm. know each other from the double fond and from the Mayette shop. It's kind of a reconstructed family, if I can say so. But we mm-hmm. know each other for, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. at the most, at the least. Uh, my husband is working in the shop too. I have been with him for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's... We, we have to love, we love magic. Yeah. And uh, having a shop is nowadays pretty difficult because internet yeah. is doing a lot of competitors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have to just uh, take care of it, but we, we love it. Yeah. I, I'm curious about your own work because in the lecture you mentioned that you started studying magic when you were 15, 16. True. True. And uh, 15. You're, I, I'm curious because uh, when did you really start? Step, do you feel like you started stepping into your own with magic and, and performing your own stuff? Because I have to imagine, your father is very well known in magic all over yeah. the world, particularly in Europe and France, where yeah. you're from. And I have to imagine that it was a little intimidating. A lot. I mean, I mean how did you find yourself establishing your own character? Your Because you're working quite literally in your father's own, uh, own shadow. Yeah, of course. And that's, you know, for many people, it's, a problem for them. Mm-hmm. But it has never been a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Because if my dad was the crookiest magician, the mm-hmm. ugliest and the worst magician on earth, mm-hmm. I could be ashamed. But come on. Yeah. Uh, walking in the steps of my such a magician that has created so many tricks mm-hmm. and still creating many, many tricks a week, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, I'm pretty proud. So to, to be... To deal with that, mm-hmm. in fact, it was a good school mm-hmm. because there are two ways. I mean, there are many ways to behave in life, but there are main two main ways to behave. Either you are pessimistic mm-hmm. or you're optimistic. Mm-hmm. You see bright side or the dark side. Mm-hmm. And I'm more a bright side girl. Yeah. So, of course, it was tougher to be being uh, the daughter of Dominique Duvivier, mm-hmm. but I took it as a challenge and I worked more than the others. Yeah. So it was a good school. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did I start having my own personality? That was, it took me years. Yeah. Decades. But my dad always pushed me, mm-hmm. always trying to lift me up mm-hmm. because he felt, he knew, he saw, I don't know how, yeah. But that I had a potential, that I had something to express, and that I had, I could be bright. I bright. I just shine on stage mm-hmm. now. But at the time, I, I didn't see that. You know, I didn't yeah. realize that. And in 2001, he told me, you know, you should do a one-woman show. I said, come on, this mm-hmm. is impossible. I won't be able to do that. This is, and he just pushed me, and he wrote me a one-woman show. He asked me. What do you want to say? What do you? What's your story? What do you want to say to the audience? And I, we just work together, mm-hmm. and it just built like a tailor made a suit on you, just yeah. perfectly fits. And uh, I've been on stage alone, mm-hmm. 
and I had a blast. Yeah. I was so terrified first, of course, but uh, it helped me building my own character. And that's what my dad wanted from the beginning. Yeah. You know, he didn't want me to do Duvivier style because I am a Duvivier. Mm -hmm. So I have, you know, experienced, tried things, different fields. And thanks to working a lot, uh, I have tried my own, uh, find mm -hmm. my own path. It sounds like the relationship between you and your father mm -hmm. and the relationship that you both have with magic is a very healthy one, that there's a lot of, a lot of like conversation and give and take and, yeah. and that there's a lot of ego is set aside. You're completely right about yeah. that. That's a very good point you say because this is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, when we build a show together, mm -hmm. we don't say, okay, I am going to be on stage because I need to be, no. Mm -hmm. The show is the thing that takes it all. Mm -hmm. And I really find, see that in Mr. David Copperfield's show. Yeah. You know, the show is the most important. And my dad is completely like that. Yeah. He's dedicated to the art. He loves what he does. And it's, yeah, it's mind-blowing. And it's mm -hmm. a very good, you know, it's uh, inspirational mm -hmm. to see him and to work with him. When you are working in your theater... You know, I, I know that we here at P3 are very spoiled because we have a beautiful theater in the yeah. heart of Columbus, Ohio. Beautiful. Yeah. And it is so much, I mean, we can do experimental things. Yeah. Now, your theater is different because, you know, we obviously sell magic tricks for a living. And so we have a theater <laughs> that, that is supported by other things. <laughs> right. But you're selling tickets for money. If, if, there's not, if there's not people in those seats, that theater doesn't stay open. That's right. How do you balance putting new stuff and, and experimental stuff on stage versus... Mm you know, the need to make money? That's a very good question. First, we just work together, like I said, you know, out of the theater with my dad. We just try the trick in front of nobody except my dad or me. Mm -hmm. We can be the, the, the spectator of the other and see if it's working. And if it stands, we just include it in a show. For instance, we have a one-hour show, one-hour and a half, I'm sorry, one-hour and a half show. We just take one trick out of this pretty well-constructed show, and we put this experimental trick mm -hmm. to see if it's going to work, if it's going to be entertaining because we want to entertain, or no, because angles are too, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. So that's the way we do. But mainly for many years, I mean, my dad wanted that as a principal. He wanted to us to do two different one-hour-and-a-half shows mm -hmm. a year. That's a lot. It took us six months to build it. Yeah. So we were doing that all year long. So I have, you know, negotiated with him to do only one. Mm -hmm. And then now we are arrived to a point that we have four different duo show with completely different material of one hour and a half each. And we just turn one week is one, one mm -hmm. the other week is the second one and, and so on. And that's what I do for my magic too, because mm -hmm. he always encouraged me to just going further and yeah. further again, always. You know, it's kind of a Dave Vernon thing, yeah. type of thinking. He never stops thinking, never. He, he in, still invents nowadays mm -hmm. three, at least three to five tricks a week. This wow. is cr amazing, crazy. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I've done the same thing for my own one-woman shows. Mm -hmm. I have three one-woman shows that I just turn one week, uh, I think, yeah, one week to another. So, and with different materials mm -hmm. for close-up magic or pallor magic. Uh, that's, that's, I, that's an insane work schedule. That is, uh, that's wild. A bit. <laughs> so uh, we were talking yesterday and I, and I, I really wanted to uh, come to this subject uh, because I think it's fascinating. You... Is it the theater or the shop has a 
a course in magic, a study course, the like theater. A, a, the theater. Yeah, it's a college level yeah. uh, course that is recognized by the Ministry of Labor in this France. This is amazing. Tell our listeners about that because this sounds. I mean, you you can study magic as a college degree in oui. France oui. at the Double France. C'est vrai, it is true. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Stargate from Roddy McGee. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this inexplicably quirky piece of magic. Nick, I know that one of our favorite people is Roddy McGee, and one of mm-hmm. our favorite creators is also Roddy McGee. And mm-hmm. whenever he puts out a trick, it's always a little bonkers, but it's Always incredible, and we are talking about one of his weirder effects, Stargate. Stargate is like, wow, man. So <laughs> it's hard to explain <laughs> because it's about wormholes. Yeah, Eric, uh, it's a card trick as well. You bring out your um, your card box and a sharpie. Uh, you take the deck. You can take the deck out of the box or whatever. Um, so because you're only going to use the empty card box, and you explain to a spectator what a wormhole is, and then you demonstrate it by shoving the Sharpie through the box, right? Which, you know, isn't exactly like, well, I don't mean into the hole of the box. I mean, like there's a, a hole like emerges from the center of the box, yep. right? right? Right through the middle. Right through the middle. And you can, you can spin the box on the Sharpie, okay? Uh, and then you say, but wormholes have like one entrance and a, and a different exit. And he's got a whole presentation for this thing that I, at this point, can't remember. But the point is, is that the tip of the Sharpie that is sticking through the box is then visually moved down the backside of the box to a different spot. Uh, so to be clear here, the Sharpie is going in one side of the box and then the tip of the Sharpie is now coming out of a completely different side of the box uh, as if it was going through a wormhole and ending up in a different dimension somewhere, right? That's not even the best part. The best no, part the best part. The, Go for it. The, the Sharpie still moves through the hole. Like yeah. you can yeah, press the it. Sharpie through the hole on in the middle and it comes out on the end. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yep. you have to see the demo on this. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. Yep. You pull it, pull the Sharpie out, put it back through the hole and it still comes out the, the weird side. I don't know how. Uh, and, but that's not even it. I mean, this is like this is some Captain Kirk, Deep Space Nine looking stuff, and it's, it's happening. It in, it's happening in real life. Because there's no way that this box is examinable. No, and right, uh, and Roddy, Roddy kills you when he gives you the box. He just yeah, he gives you like, the box. He's like, end. here, the take a look at it. Complete, the box is completely ungimmicked, uh, aside from the holes that are mm-hmm. in it. Um, and that is it. The box is handed out for examination, and you're left completely clean. Um, so yeah, that is, that is Stargate. It's a, you can hand out the marker. You can hand out the marker. You give him the marker, the box. It's nuts. Everything's examinable. Uh, he performed this on Fool Us uh, as well. So, uh, you can also, you can check out a presentation of that on, on Fool Us and watch the video on Penguin. Um, it's just super visual, you know, something, you know, it's not something you're probably going to be doing walk around unless that kind of fits your presentational style. But I mean, you can totally do it, rock around, but it's kind of like a more, I think, like a cool visual thing to the camera or something. Yeah, this is something like you need to get this and play with it to believe it, because it it's just going to kill you the way it works. And you're going to have so much fun practicing it. Stargate by Roddy McGee. Check it out. That was Stargate by Roddy McGee, available at PenguinMagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to the show receive 25% off the featured product of the week when they enter the special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is GATEWAY. 
That's Gateway, G-A-T-E-W-A-Y, for 25% off Stargate by Roddy McGee. That code is only good for Stargate and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Alexandra DeVivier. Is it the theater or the shop has a, a course in magic, a study course? The like theater. A, a, the theater. Yeah. It's a college-level yeah. uh, course that is recognized by the Ministry of Labor in this France. Is- amazing tell our listeners about that because this sounds i mean you you can study magic as a college degree in oui. france oui. at the double fond c'est vrai it is true we have done it i mean i have to acknowledge adeline galant who did the the whole work mm-hmm. five years of work she it, it took her mm-hmm. Because the paperwork in France is insane, mm-hmm. so it's that big. I don't know uh, in feet what it uh, it makes. Yeah, that big. I mean that's that's at least two feet of paper. Yeah, paperwork, but just on each sheet of paper, you know, thinking about magic. What is the job of a magician? Mm-hmm. What does uh, it implies? So she has done it five years, and now we are able to just give a two years degree university diploma. Uh, to some students. So they spend one year mm-hmm. in our double fond, in our theater, because my dad has always given some lessons mm-hmm. from scratch, from the 70s, the early 70s, mm-hmm. because he always have that uh, mm, passion of just giving the, the knowledge yeah. to others. But finally now, it is recognized by the Ministry of Labor. The government just say, magic is an art, like theater, yeah. dancing, music, and so on. So this is so amazing, so mind-blowing for the recognition of magic as an art. What, uh, when, did, when was it recognized by the Ministry of Labor? I think we are in the third, we are doing our fourth promotion, so oh. it was in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018, oh, oui. so it's been going on for quite some time. Voilà, uh, four years. So now we have some diplomas, we have uh, 70% of succeeding Wow. The jury is out of the teachers. We have seven teachers, French teachers mm-hmm. uh, here, and some external teachers that come now and then. Yeah. But the jury is three magicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, professional magicians, yeah. not old guys that we have taken from the drawer, you know, yeah. and just said, hey, come on, wake mm-hmm. up. So we have, uh, this year, we had David Stone as a jury, wow. like Boris Wilde as a jury, and Jérôme Solou also, that you less know, but he's a very good French magician. Yeah. And they were looking at those guys and just putting points on originality, mm-hmm. technique, and presentation. Does it worth it? Yeah. And it was noted on out of uh, 100 points, yeah. each trick. So they had 15 tricks to show. The jury uh, choose, there are five categories, Mm -hmm. close-up magic, card magic, um, parlor, Mm -hmm. uh, kid, and mentalism. Wow. Okay. So they have 15 tricks, five tricks, three tricks each, Mm -hmm. in each category. Sorry for my English. That's a rigorous program. Well, and that's good because, you know, besides stage, we have a few things of stage, but we don't teach stage. But we teach them everything about magic. You know, how you enter a room, Mm -hmm. the eye contact with the audience, how you present yourself, your expression, uh, what is your pattern, what is your... What is your character? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the technique, but the, yeah, the technique, you know, it's basic, what mm-hmm. you have to learn when you are a magician. So it's a whole course about history of magic, of course, and also how to sell yourself, what are the, price, the prices of the market, to have a business card, a website, mm-hmm. and so on. So it's, it's very complete. Yeah. 
Is there, um, now I, I'm not terribly familiar with EU law, but is there plans to take this beyond the French Ministry of Labor and into Europe at large? You know, I don't know about that, but yeah. because the thing is that at FISM, it was mentioned in one sentence mm-hmm. by Connie Boyd, yeah. who did a marvelous lecture on on women in magic. Yes, it the, was a great lecture. There was a wonderful write up in Vanish magazine yeah, as well that exactly. I, I believe you're mentioned in. Yeah, uh, maybe, and I'm so happy to be yeah. mentioned. But th- the point is that at FISM, they should have said it. Yeah. You know why? Because FISM is an international convention every, mm-hmm. held every three years. That's the place to say, come on. The first diploma mm-hmm. in France is happening, but the thing is that it's the first in France, but unfortunately it's the first in the world. It's so it has yeah. to be uh, continued. This is the beginning. It's only yeah. a, a small opening of the door. Yeah. And it has, you know, the torch has to be given to somebody else, to another country. We have to do it. Other countries must do it. It's the, it's the type of thing that, you know, in the United States, there's a lot of work being done towards... Uh, allowing us to sort of not patent but protect our intellectual property because yeah. it's it's really important sure. um, this kind of stuff and of course uh, and, and it's and it's things like this mm. getting magic recognized as an mm. art form and as a as a legitimate legitimate job by yeah. the ministry of labor that it's it's small steps forward but it all adds up to getting magic taken very ser- and those those things add up and are really important in lots of other areas of our mm-hmm. professional lives and yeah. it's it's really exciting so, you know, we are very proud, yeah. obviously, because yeah. we are the first in the world. But come on, this is not normal. We, we should yeah. be many like this, being able to give a diploma recognized by the state. Where can people find out more information about this, this college level program? On the Doublefond site, mm-hmm. doublefond.com, there is a page in English, in English, so you can see all the, the courses, yeah. all, all the, the, the things we are teaching. So yeah, definitely you can go on our Doublefond site. Well, I will put a link in the description below Thank so that you. other people can find out about it. Thank Alexander you very much. thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast. You know, it was a blast, and thank you very much for your time, and uh, I, I'm always happy sharing, so thank you for listening to me. My pleasure. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Alexander for joining the show, and thanks to you for listening. Next week on the show, I sit down with one of the creator of hit effects like Threesome, The Stroop Test, and a string of other accessible mentalism effects that have become modern staples. David Jonathan stops by the show to talk creativity and working with creative partners from around the world. You won't want to miss it. Before I go, two things. One, my FISM Act is now available to be seen online. If you want to see the video that earned me third prize in card magic at the World Championships of Magic, I've included a link to that in the show description below. Also, yes, that was me on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last week. I've been listening to the NPR News Quiz since I was in high school, and it was super fun to play the Listener Limerick Challenge. I'll toss a link to that podcast in the show notes below. The show was so much fun, and I appreciate the panelist and the host, Peter Sagal, for being so much fun to play the game with, despite my terrible, terrible cell phone connection. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe, as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been watching all of the Fittism videos come out on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to ask our panelists about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Seriously, I can't believe I was like more excited for that silly program than FISM, but if radio panel games on National Public Radio aren't your thing, you can always hit me up on uh, Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. <laughs>